thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. What a day. Father, we rejoice in you once again. Our hearts, oh God, is gladdened. Thank you once again, Father, for a moment like this to be called into your presence, to be part of the company of them who are ascending to the place of your throne. We've come to your mountain. We've come to Mount Zion, the place of the assembly, the place of perfection, the perfections of the saints, the place of beauty, the place of glory. We bring our lives to you this morning. We bring ourselves. We offer ourselves. We offer our lives to you this morning. Hallelujah. You are worthy, O God, of praise. You are worthy of glory. You are worthy of honor. You are worthy, O God, yes, of all adoration heaven and earth this morning oh god yes stand in attention to honor you to glorify you you deserve all praise you deserve all glory take take the place take your place this morning in our heart take the place oh god yes of your dominion and honor and authority upon the upon our hearts this morning hallelujah Blessed be your name. Thank you once again. Thank you once again for the things that you have in stock for us. Thank you, Father, for the things that you've prepared for us. Thank you, Holy Spirit. That once again, we're going to be having interactions with you this morning. Our lives, once again, will, yes, we'll have that quantum leap. Hallelujah. We're going to press further into realms and dimensions in you. You will be glorified. You will be exalted. May your kingdom once again come, rule and reign in our lives. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Praise to you, Lamb of God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, mighty Father. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. If you're joining us this morning, once again, welcome to the Potter's Gate online broadcast. My name is Isaiah Phillips Akintola, the coordinator of the Potter's Gate online resource a ministry god amen as ordained and prepared for the saints the development of the saints the building of the church the equipping yes of the body of christ the nation of god in the earth yes we are here to continue to resource men and women who are searching and seeking for the way of god who are searching to walk amen in the path of truth and righteousness yes we are here to to live the standard hallelujah of god's intentions and counsel this is a prophetic ministry and i mean that amen by all definition amen everything that we stand for that we represent is prophetic by design meaning that we are here amen as the mouthpiece of god but we are also here to display the values, the standard, amen, the patterns of the spirit. We are here to build in accordance to heaven, amen, designed blueprint. We're not here to bring our own mind. We're not here to suggest. We're not here, amen, uh, to assume, amen. We want to find, we want to understand, amen, what it means to be 
an instrument in the hand of God. What it means, amen, to reflect, hallelujah, the desires of God. So this is what the prophetic is all about. And in this context, amen, our life becomes the expression of what is known as the testimony of Jesus Christ. They said, amen, they said the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. A blessing to you, my dear sister. Welcome. All right. They said the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So we are tracking the heart of God, the mind of God, and we are seeking to understand, amen, what the Lord has in stock for us. Your life and mine, amen, has been designed by God to carry out, amen, a definite purpose in the earth, a definite purpose in the earth. And that purpose comes with a divine, amen, pattern, value system, amen, there's a mindset we need to have, there's a belief system that we need to have in order to fulfill God's intentions for our life, we are are departing, in fact, we have departed from many things that have been, you know, taught and preached, amen, that do not represent God, that do not represent his interest, that do not represent his desire, that do not represent his purpose in our life, there are many things that sound that like God that looks like amen you know authentic spiritual values that looks like amen yes uh, 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 what God is doing but alas as we probe as we look into this thing we realize that God is not there it's just a caricature it's just you know a, a, a shadow of you know of of you know of the past so we are moving away from the past we are seeking to locate where God is today in our life amen and in his voice regarding his prophetic amen agenda for the earth and we are binding ourselves amen to that we are we are marrying all of god's intentions and purposes for our life we want everything that our life stand for amen in terms of values in terms of beliefs culture in terms of identity amen to reflect and showcase amen god's ordained desire when he made man in the beginning and said man is made in his image and his likeness we want to understand that and we want that to become a powerful force that allow us yes to fulfill amen the intentions of god in the earth we've been designed created amen yes to bring pleasure to god everything that we stand for yes ought to reflect what god amen has ordained our life for man was created to bring pleasure to him everything that we represent that we stand for including our home our children our marriage our money amen our career business everything that life amen you know uh, uh, seem to be reflecting or given to us that what we are seeking after should be first amen a devotion unto god as we looked at amen, a few days ago two days ago precisely you understand so I- i'm just giving you this in case you don't know why we do what we do or you don't know why we are here all right we're not just here as another you know a uh, uh, platform on social media to make notes we are here to represent the values of god the intentions of god amen the mind of god we're here in case you don't know in case you're confused in case you find yourself you know uh, uh, just roaming the cyber world well when you come here we, we try as much as possible to help you to understand yes god's voice god's mind god's direction god's intention this is church don't let anybody fool you this is church hallelujah this is church we are building hallelujah a company of men and women in the earth who will relocate back amen to that place called the mountain of the lord 
who will turn their heart and say, I'm going back to my father. I'm coming to the place, yes, of God's will and purpose for my life. I want to find rest for my soul. Hallelujah. Yes, that is why we are here. And, and, and when we're done with that, where, wherever that leads you, then that is your own decision. All right. We're not trying to, you know, uh, 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 script you into what we're doing. We're not trying to, you know, uh, uh, I'm not building another physical church so that you can join no no i'm here to to help you to discover to locate amen yes the mind of god the heart of god i'm here amen as as a sent one to help you to hear the voice of god because indeed you're a sheep and not a goat amen my sheep hear my voice all right in case the world system amen has turned you into something that you're not in case amen you find yourself behaving like a goat rather than amen reflecting the value of a sheep well it is my responsibility amen Amen. As a wise master builder to help you return back to the place, amen, of God's counsel so that you can begin to hear, amen, you can begin to know and you can begin to respond to the heartbeat of God for your life, amen. And of course, it's for this reason that we are doing many of the teachings that we're doing. This is the day of restoration. God is restoring himself back into, amen, the human space. Of course, it's not like, you know, God had left, but, you know, within the conscious reality of the ecclesia, the church that God is building in the earth, as men begin to cry out, as people begin to long for the returning of God, and I'm not talking about, you know, the second coming, I'm talking about Christ taking his place again within our lives, within our mind, within our system, within, amen, our values and belief, amen, as we continue to pray and say, God, we want you back. Yes, we're seeing God. Because God says, Amen. If you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. If you call upon me, I will answer and I will show you great and mighty things that you know that of. So we're beginning to hear the sound of the cry, Amen, of the people. Hallelujah. The Bible says, uh, uh, the Bible says, in the days you know of, of, of Moses and the people of you know of God in, in the land of Egypt, God says to Moses, the cry of the people have reached to me. And I have come down. Hallelujah. When God starts coming down. Amen. All kinds of things begin to happen. Amen. Business will change. Hallelujah. Orders will change. There will be disruptions. There will be all kinds of, you know, movement and, and, and all kinds of, you know, you know, activities that begin, that, that will begin to take place. And we know that is already happening. So all of these are the manifestations of the comings of God. Amen. Maybe wherever you are watching or listening to me this morning, you're beginning to feel a steering. It is the manifestations of the comings of God. So let your heart be open. Let your mind, hallelujah, be open. Amen. And when you align to the truth, the, the, the spirit of God, amen, is speaking in this season, I can assure you of one thing. Your life will accelerate to defy or to delay or reject, amen, the value principles of the kingdom, amen, is basically to be shooting yourself, amen, on the foot. I'm saying this, amen, from experience, you know, sometimes people think, oh, this guy is just making noise, oh, he's just, you know, he's just one of those, you know, guys who make noise, no, 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 I've, I've tried the both sides, you understand, yes, I've lived my life in, in lies and pretend and, and falsehood and, 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 and hypocrisy and all of the things that people are pursuing and running after. I've done all of that. I've, 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 I've pretended to be, you know, aligning with God while I know that I'm not aligning with God. So I've seen the both sides, amen, and I'm speaking from, amen, the side that I know, hallelujah, is godly, is righteous, and of course, he's working for me. It has worked for me and it's still working for me. So this is what we are bringing. The truth we preach here, amen, are authentic. They are from a position, amen, of divine dealings and experience. 
Of course, we don't build our life, amen, just on experience. We build our life on that which the Spirit of God has written and, of course, on that which God is speaking. Amen. The Bible says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceed from the mouth of God, amen. The proceeding word of God for our day, for our season, amen, is what we are interested in. And I hope you will be interested, amen, in this. Now, I hope that you will truly open your heart. I hope that uh, this will not just be another nice Sunday morning era message because you don't go to church. No, I hope that this word, amen, will really, you know, grab your heart and grab your attention and wake you up and bring you to a realization that you can no longer live your life, amen, yes, in some state of game, that life is not a game. There's nothing like the game of life, amen. There is one thing about life to find, amen, your purpose, to know, amen, God's intention, hallelujah, and to invest all that is required to fulfill it. I'm just encouraging somebody while I'm also telling you what we represent. This morning, we are going to continue to deal with, amen, the issues before us, okay? We're going to be dealing with the issue before us. And what is that issue, amen? Uh, that, that issue is known as the discipline that produces the harvest of righteousness. There is a discipline, amen, that produces the harvest of righteousness. If your, if your life is still, amen, not producing the kind of fruit, the kind of, amen, quality. And I hope you understand what we say, uh, uh, the, the fruit that produces, the discipline that produces the fruit of righteousness. I hope you understand that we're looking at this from the, from the vantage view of God. You see, there are two standards. <laughs> Maybe I should start from this. There are, there are two standards. Okay. There is a, there's a standard that the world, amen, has established. All right. That, and that standard has become even what, amen, many people today in the church, amen, are running after, are claiming for, all right? There's a standard that, amen, if you can reach that standard, then people say you've arrived. <laughs> people say, well, you know, yes, you've made it, you've made it, you're successful. You see, there's that standard that the world have set, amen, and that standard becomes even what drives us as a father, as a mother, you know, you know, as business people, as career people, okay, we're all pursuing certain things. Well, let me not include myself because I'm not part of it, that's the truth. Okay, maybe years ago I was, but the Lord delivered me and I had to make up my mind. A day came in my life. I had to decide where do I want to go from here? And I realized that there's something called the Asian path. There's a pattern. There's a way. Hallelujah. That those who have gone ahead of me, amen, that they, they tracked, they followed. Hallelujah. And before God, they were known to be successful. The world may not accept them to be successful. Amen. The world may not even recognize them. Amen. But amen, they, 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 they told that path. And as they told that part, hallelujah, yes, heaven, he heaven approved them. And I had to ask myself, like I told us, was a few days ago, the Lord asked me, amen, 1991, there about, I was in Bible school, the Lord asked me, you've got two choice, amen, do you want the fame or do you want the flame? In fact, I think I should make, you know, a kind of a painting on that and put it so that I can be seeing it every day. You see, those are, those are landmarks. That, you see, when God comes into your space, into your life at certain season and speaks certain things into your life, that becomes a landmark that guides you into the future. So as I was saying, there are two standards, amen. There is a standard of this world and then there is a standard of God. 
There is a wisdom, amen, that drives, amen, those standards. There's a wisdom of this world, hallelujah, and there's a wisdom that comes from where? From above. There is a knowledge, hallelujah, yes, that men are feeding from, amen, that is of this world, and there's a knowledge that comes. I hope you understand that knowledge is a spirit. I hope you understand that wisdom is a spirit, amen. I hope you understand that counsel is a spirit. I hope you understand, amen, that strength is a spirit, amen. Of course, if you have studied the scripture, you will know that, but these are things that people are, are pursuing. These are things, amen, that career people are seeking for. They want wisdom, they want knowledge, they want counsel, they want power, because they need to make decisions. You've got to understand that the things that we are teaching, amen, it's not just some nice message that floats in the air. No, it gives you the capacity, the competence, amen, yes, to engage life in the natural realm and to succeed. If you are borrowing patterns and values and principles from this world, I can assure you, at some point, maybe, at the nice seasons of your life, you're going to regret it. There are a lot of people, you know, on their deathbed, began to think and began to reason about so many things and came to the conclusion that they missed it. That if they were given, you know, another opportunity, they will go back and do things differently. I don't want to lie on my deathbed and begin to scratch my head and say, oh, I wish I didn't have to do that. I wish, I, I wish, no, no, it's, it's too late. And this is the reason why God says, amen, he's sending messengers into the world so that people will not get to the end of their life, amen, and begin to regret it. No. You shouldn't get to the point. You shouldn't be so driven by success that you use any method. You should not be so driven, amen, to want to prosper that you forget, hallelujah, yes, the laid down principles and values and, 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 and standard and order of God, hallelujah. The end, sister, the end does not justify the means. Brother, the end does not justify the means. I was so blessed yesterday, came across John, John Bevere, one of his message. The Lord was sharing the same thing that I'm talking about. Sharing the same thing with him. You see, I'm not just about the manifestation. How we manifest is very important to God. And it's of this reason, amen, that we are dealing with what we are dealing with in terms of, amen, developing the right, amen, belief system, the right mindset, the right value system, the right template, the right, amen, spiritual, you know, uh, 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 you know, understanding, you know, so many things are mixed up today. So many things are, you know, have been, have been you know, contaminated that, 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 that ought to, you know, guide us into the path. So we, we of course, we don't have a choice. If, if you're on the wrong path, you can continue on the wrong path and say, well, somehow I'm going to get to my destination. You know that that's a lie. <laughs> you know that that is a lie. <laughs> if you wake up and realize, oh my word, we're, we're on the wrong track. What do you do? You turn around. You recalculate if you are using a GPS. You cannot continue on that path and hope that what somehow 
this root will just connect us to the right one. You, then you fool in yourself, isn't it? It's the truth. A lot of people love the idea of the truth, but they are not ready, amen, to imbibe the demand and the requirement of truth. And this is the reason why we're talking about discipline. This is the reason why we're coming to this point. Because so many things we have taken for granted. So many things, Ava, we have what we have taken for granted. So many values and principles that we've, we've thrown into the trash can. We're living our life the way we want to live it. Everybody wants to succeed. Amen. At what cost? At what expense? It's time that we return back. Amen. To the place of discipline. Discipline helps us to shape. Amen. The, 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 the right template. The right values. The, he, dip, discipline helps us to mold. Yes. The, 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 the beliefs, the, the kind of values, the kind of understanding, yes, the kind of character, amen, the kind of, you know, you know, a, a posture of life, if you will, that heaven requires, amen, yes, if God is going to use you, I hope, I, and I, I'm, I'm very aware that I'm not talking to everybody, because not everybody has got into this kind of a level, if you've got into the level where you are you are passionate. You have come to a day where you you are making certain you know decisions about your life. That you, you're not just a man about the mascara, you know. You know if you if you're still about the mascara, you're still about you know how you how you look facially. You understand? You're still about presentation. You see, if 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 presentation is still what is driving you, then you're not ready. You're not, you're not awakening yet. You're still sleeping. You're still slumbering. You're still being controlled and being influenced. Amen. By, you know, by, you know, uh, opinions and, and, and ideologies. Amen. You, your life is still under, amen. Yes, the control of the puppeteer. You understand? Then maybe what I'm talking about may not, <laughs> may not be relevant to you. But if you have been awakened like the prodigal son, if you have been awakened like the prodigal son and you are making a U-turn back to God, amen. Yes, God, God, God's hands are open to welcome you home back, amen. The Father's hands are open, amen, to welcome you back home. But hey, what did they say? They say remove the, the, the garment of stain. Remove, undress him, clean, clean him and wear him a new cloth. Is that not what the scripture says in Luke amen, 15? Yes, that principle of wearing a new mindset, a new cloth is what I'm, I'm dealing with. A new mentality. Hallelujah. You cannot return back home looking dirty and still just fitting dirty. No, you are allowed to come back home dirty. But when you come back home, they wash you. They clean you. Amen. Yes, a new belief system, a new mindset. You have to, you have to be, re, you know, re-indoctrinated. Hallelujah! You have to be re-assimilated. Hallelujah! Into the the culture and the and the and the environment that is called the kingdom of God. And so the scripture says, "My son, do not amen despise the discipline. Discipline, amen, is not meant hallelujah to hurt us." 
Discipline, amen, are not meant to alter us. At least the true discipline, not the disciplines of this world. The disciplines of this world, amen, are meant to afflict pain on us. Are meant to, you know, to, to, to break us, to make us look as if, amen, we're unworthy. When, when, when I grew up, I grew up amen, in an environment where people claimed they were disciplining me, but in fact, they were actually abusing me. Maybe you grew up in that kind of environment. In fact, back then, I didn't even know that there's a word called, you know, abuse. <laughs> Until I grew up, I realized that, in fact, there's actually a word called abuse. But, you know, but I knew that what was afflicted on me was pain. You understand? I have to wake up 4 a.m. in the morning and start doing dishes and start cleaning and start doing all kinds of, you know, all kinds of things that I could see that other children in the house of my age are still sleeping. Nobody told me that that is bad. I mean, I just knew it that it's bad. I just knew that this cannot be right. And I knew that if I'm in my father's house, this should not be happening to me. Well, they meant it to be evil. Those who were were doing that, who afflicted me with all of that, you understand? They didn't know that they were actually training me, even though that was painful. Their intention was not to train me to become somebody, you know, you know, prosperous, somebody, you know, successful in life. No, that was not the intention. The intention is this guy, we will use him as a slave. Hallelujah. We will use him as a slave. But even in that, amen, God built something in me. But it took a while for me to understand because I grew up a very bitter person. And this is the reason why I'm, I'm sharing this. And I believe this is the reason why God, amen, wants us to understand this kind of teaching. Because if you come out from, amen, an environment where, amen, you have been mistreated, you've been abused, amen. Yes, it might not even be by family. It might be by, you know, the government of the day, okay. Yes, there are there are systematic abuse taking place there are certain things that are happening amen to people today all right that you would think well it's just normal it's not normal i was sharing with my dear sister all right priscilla you know a few days ago that i mean things we are struggling with i mean things that we should not struggle with we're struggling with those things and they have become the norm yeah you understand you live in an environment that ought to be able to provide you you know good electricity electricity i mean talk about electricity today in south africa (laughs) suddenly okay the issues of electricity seem to be you know it seem to be you know normalizing we seem to be having at least a bit of stable electricity but at what cost i was saying to my wife i said i'm sure those people are you know buying light from other parts of you know uh you know uh, the south africa in a southern African country, God knows where they're buying light from, and they have inculcated the price into what you and I are paying. Because I mean, the what we are paying for electricity today is like, no, this is madness. Why would you want people to grow and become successful in life, but you're already killing them with all kinds of levy and all kinds of, you know, uh, uh, you know, things? There's so many things happening within our life, within our environment that. They want us to accept as normal. Do not, do not accept, hallelujah, evil. Do not accept, hallelujah, ungodliness, perversion, crime, amen, as, you know, as normal. If it's, if it's not normal, it's not normal. But the, the, the idea is let's normalize, you know, things. And they have a way, you see, it's, it's psychology. They have a way of doing So I'm just basically telling you that there are certain environments you come out from, all right? That are designed, the way designed, all right, to afflict you, to cause you pain, to make you feel, amen, unworthy. 
that even the educational system, amen, that amen, you 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 went through, it never really gave you a sense of value, a sense of worth. You you went to school, but you really never get to discover, amen, your ability, your competence. You 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 are still struggling. I mean, you've been to school. Many in Africa have been to university, but today. I mean, they're living like poor people. They're living like, you know, you know, uh, uh, those who, who, are, who, are, who are scavengers. It's a system. People that are, you know, less than in terms of educational quality. They're doing far better because they live in a different context of environment. I thought I thought education ought to leverage, amen, and bring you know some level of equalization that if you go to school and you acquire certain understanding degree that you should be able to at least live life. You you break away from that poverty, you know, uh, 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 level. No, not today. I know people from, I mean, back in the day when I was in Johannesburg, right, uh, while we were having fellowship, I mean, they, 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 we, we have people from Zimbabwe right, who have, you know, degrees, but they're bricklayers. It's an indictment to amen, the society we live in and to the government of the day. You understand? I'm just helping us to understand certain things. I'm coming. I'm coming somewhere. I'm, I want. I'm bringing something because if 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 you live in that kind of an environment, you see. That you have been programmed, you are, you are, you have been shaped, amen. Yes, it will be very difficult for you, to, amen. Yes, after giving your life to Jesus, and think that everything just automatically changes. It doesn't work like that. Yes, your spirit comes alive. Yes, but if you are not given the right spiritual foundation, you are not taught the right thing. All right. All you are going to be pursuing, amen, even as a born again believer, amen, as one who has given, you know, his life, is the ability to want to survive. Because all your life you've been struggling, amen, you've been struggling. And that is why you find many churches today that are thriving, amen, on this false belief that when people give their life and come to church, all right, you, you find people who, are, who have degrees, you, you, you find very intelligent, the moment they get to church, they, they seem to seem to lose their brain. Why? Because amen, it is difficult. And now you've given your life to Jesus and they tell you if you can pray more, if you can do this, if you can do that, God will make it for you. You will have a breakthrough. That's why people are trooping into church. People, 90% of people that will be going to church today, amen, this is their plight. Not because they truly love God. Not because they really truly want to discover, you know, the, you know, the intentions and the purposes of God for their life. No. All their life they've been struggling. And it's important we understand that. That you don't dismiss that. You cannot dismiss that because that's a reality. They're coming from an experience. And that experience or that, is still shaping their, their concept of interacting and relating with God. And amen. In fact, that concept defines how they look at spirituality. Industries. Spiritual religious industries has been has been created, amen. On this ideology, I get in the point. I, I'm, 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 I'm connecting something. Please follow me, because where I came from, it was painful. It was difficult. That shaped my mindset. That shaped my, my, my understanding. That shaped the way I relate, not just with God, but even with the world around me. It took a while for me to begin to realize that, Isaiah, you don't have the right 
thought pattern. You don't have the right mentality. You need a man, yes, to be trained. You need a man to be, something has to happen to you the way you think. And that way I think a man can only be engaged amen, by a different value system. And that value system will require amen, that I enroll in the school of Christ. That I begin to learn, amen, yes, what it means to be amen, one created in the image of God. To begin to understand what it means amen, to be a redeemed a believer. To be, hallelujah, a changed believer. You understand? But, but then I begin to realize that I need to begin to study certain materials certain booth. I need to enroll in certain discipline. You see, because the moment I begin to talk about discipline, a lot of people just turn off. It turns a lot of people off. Why? 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 Why would the word, you know, discipline turn them off? Because amen, their experience of discipline growing up, maybe you are in one of the schools, alright, when they say discipline is good for you. And you know what that means? Because you've got that teacher, all right, with that cane. Discipline, all right, it's not about bringing up the best from you. It's not about, hallelujah, allowing you to grow and become, amen, what God has ordained for you. The, the, the idea of discipline is not bringing out, yes, you know, finding, you know, your potential and helping you, amen, to see that potential and understand that you need to go through certain things. You need to go through certain training. You need to discover certain things in order for this potential to become a reality. Like I always say, nobody will accept amen to accept the you know the the the, the training the the you know the demand of education amen if you if if you are if you have not taught people what education is designed for i think this is where amen we need to go back to as it is in the natural amen so it is in the realm of the spirit if you don't tell your children why they need to be educated the power of education if you don't tell them amen what education can give to them what they can get through having education if they don't know that why should they spend their time in a class amen learning something that they are not even interested in Oftentimes we fight and we reject certain things because we really don't understand the objective, the purpose of that thing. It's the same thing. A lot of people want mentors. They want, you know, somebody to mentor them. They want somebody to help them. But really you don't understand what that means. Because when the person begins to demand certain things from you, you, in fact, you, I told you I was, I mean, I was a pastor. One of the one of the guys that I was mentoring, alright. I mean, he was so angry with me that he, he I mean he got physical with me. You know why? Because the world he was coming from had shaped him to be reactive to life. And the Lord told me, know how to deal with this. If I'd allow him my, my cup of pride to you know to to you know, to, to kick in, to, you know, to cause me to react. I'm, I'm sure I would have cost him or, you know, said something terrible or, you know, banished him. But you see, because they use where I was coming from to teach me what was happening to him, I became a man, a priest that can be touched with the feelings of his infirmity. We don't understand what we need in this season. 
And what we need starts with us understanding the values of discipline. Thank you, my dear sister, for joining also. Uh, um, Naomi, thank you for joining this morning. Are you seeing? This is not a surface message. I'm trying as much as possible to go, amen, to certain depth. I, I want to reach the footing of what we're dealing with. What we're talking about, amen, it is the discipline that produces the harvest of righteousness. There is a discipline, amen, that is designed to hurt you, to break you, if you will, to harm you. That's no discipline. In fact, you shouldn't call it discipline. But back in the day, they call it discipline, huh? I mean, when certain things, it's, they call it discipline. But you know it's not discipline. People vent their anger on you. Maybe you grow up, hallelujah, you know, as a, as a single parent, raising your kids, a single mother, single father. And you know when that, that day comes, when you, 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 that day you cannot just take it. And your child does something. <laughs> your child does something. All right, maybe broke a plate or something. And the way you go and you hit that child, and the child itself is wondering, <laughs> could it be the, the breaking of the plate or the cup that my mom is doing this, my dad is doing? I mean, there was a day my uncle beat me to coma. I mean, this man, really, I'm telling you, he beat me to coma, to coma. I, I fainted on the ground. And he continued to hit me. I mean, if this, if, if, if it was, you know, the environment we have here in South Africa, I'm sure that man would have been arrested and be thrown in jail. But it's discipline. <laughs> you know, and at some point, I could not take it again. I got up and I revolted against him. I mean, I'm talking about my, my father's, you know, uh, brother. It was like a father to me because my father was not in the condition to assist me. So I was living with him and I'd given my life at that time. And I got up and I knew from that day, I'm not stepping back into the house. So I told him it's over. And I step out of the house. I just feel it's like it was it's like I believe it was God that this guy is gonna kill you. But I knew what he was going through. This is a man around who had no who's been looking for you know a, a, a fruit of the womb for years. Him and his wife, they've married, there's no child. So many things is happening in his life and in, in the life of the wife. I mean, they're like two strangers living in the house. In fact, he, at some point he was going out with another woman. And, and I mean, so many things. I can't just even begin to tell you. But I'm just telling you that we've got to have that sense of understanding humanity for us to be able to, amen, exercise our spirituality. It was a difficult thing that God, Isaiah, brought me through. In fact, if I didn't have that understanding in, in, in terms of getting to know humans like Joseph, you think when they true joseph amen in 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 in, you know in in a dry well and all of that they sold him to slavery all of that was preparing him those were discipline preparing him amen to become imagine you are given 
the position of the prime minister of a nation and all you know is just about uh, being able to interpret dream you are going to fail you are going to disappoint pharaoh no if you think all that joseph had was the ability to interpret dream just because he could interpret dream suddenly he was made the prime minister amen of a nation like egypt then you don't understand your bible because he needed to make decision, decision hallelujah, that will require wisdom, that will require experience, that will require hallelujah, yes, certain things that he had gone through. Hallelujah. They said, My son, do not despise the discipline of your father. If the church is ever going to, in this season, enter the realm of fulfilling a prophetic mandate, we have to understand the other side of spirituality, and it's called discipline. Many of us, the reason why we are goofing around, we are falling here and there, we are making mistakes here and there, we are embracing, you know, victimhood. I mean... For, for some part of my life, I was embracing. I lived my life as a victim. What was done, you know, to me. If, if, if this thing were not done to me, I would, have, I would have gone far in life. I was living like that. I was thinking like that. The days men will call me coconut head, you know. Coconut, when they call you a coconut head in my place, it means that nothing can get into your brain. It means that brain is as dead as dead. <laughs> I mean, people call me that. I mean, I had written myself off as somebody who can become anything in life because I was struggling, all right, with, you know, with, of course, autism, but my autism mixed with what? Dyslexia. In my day, nobody even knew it, that this is autism. Nobody called it, amen. Nobody gave it a name. I just knew that I was struggling, struggling with remembering things and struggling with my education and all of that. And coupled with that, I told you, you know, told you guys some time ago, you know, in my primary, I was in primary school in Joss, Plateau State. You know, before I go to school, my granny, you know, this auntie is like a granny to me. She will still send me to go and hawk, you know, uh, uh, you know, millets, you know, the millet that has been grounded. We call it, you know, a, a camel, you know. The millet that has, you know, that has been grounded into a powder form, and now you mix that, you know, here you, it's like your porridge, but it's very fine, very nice. <laughs> and I, that, that's what I grew up eating. Until I grew up, I realized, no, I'm not going to eat millet again. I don't want that pap. I, no, no, no. I was just so tired of it. I mean, I grew up not, you know, not, 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 not enjoying meat. Not enjoying, you know, not eating, you know, uh, your, your normal, you know, what do you call it now? Egg. To the point that when I grew up and I start, you know, you know, getting my own money and get, making a bit of, you know, stipends and salary. I mean, I've, I've shared that several times. I still laugh over it. You know, I will buy crates of egg. How many eggs can I eat? I'll buy eggs. And of course, was because I grew up not having egg, not eating egg. But I, I see people around me eating egg. So I wanted to prove a point to myself. That's why when I look at many of these men of God, all right, buying this, buying that, you know, wearing, you know, suit of, you know, uh, uh, 200,000. I know where they're coming from. 
Somebody needs to teach them. They need an Isaiah to teach them. Many, many don't know. You see, they are trying to make up for, amen, for their, you know, uh, uh, insecurity, for their, you know, rejection, you know, for, you know, their poverty and all of that. They're trying to make, so, <laughs> have you gone to a restaurant and you order for things you know you cannot finish? <laughs> Come on, Isaiah. You, 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 I've been to all. I've seen it all. I've seen it all. You see, that's the reason why I can tell you that I can go to, you know, an hospice shop, amen, and buy a shirt, amen, of 30 rand or 40 rand because I have bought a shirt worth a thousand, two thousand rand before because I was trying to prove a point to myself. <laughs> yes. You don't know, amen, who you are. You don't know how far you are falling. You don't know. You don't know. Many people are hiding behind all kinds of things. Hide behind education. Hide behind career. Hide behind... Uh, no, no, no. They re if, they, if, <coughs> if they ever tell you the reason why they're doing what they're doing, you would call them and say, sit down. It's time to know the Lord. <laughs> but they're afraid. Because to them, knowing the Lord does not put food on the table. That's what they've told them. Knowing the Lord does not make you popular. Does not make you have 10,000 followers. Oh, come on. You want to hear about discipline. You want to hear about knowing God. You want to know about discovering yourself. You're hearing it. The truth that sets you free is what I'm giving to you. I mean, I tell you, I will buy eggs only for me to be to be pooping all, all over the place. You know, just gassing all over the place. And I'm saying to myself, does this make sense? Because I was trying to prove a point. I mean, this is my money. This is my house. The same thing with chicken. The same thing with meat. When I was growing, they will cut the meat. Cut, literally cut the meat. You see, you don't hear men of God tell you this truth. But I'm telling you, this is how I grew up. In a state called Jos, Plateau State, in Nigeria. Very cold in the morning. I don't have a slippers. You see blisters in my foot. I told you guys, I mean if you have if you've read some of this, uh, some of my testimony in my book, the apostolic concept of prayer. That's how God began to deal with me. I concluded that they cannot be God. Because if there is God, he should prevent these things from happening to me. What kind of a God allow people, your own family to be treating you like this? What kind of a God is that? Because Sunday morning, they will still send us to church. Equa church. <laughs> I'll never forget. They will give me money, all right, to go to church. Yeah, put this in the offering. That was our religious. You see, cruel people are very religious. I mean, difficult people are the most religious people. Friday, there are people, so-called prophets, they will come to the house and say, come and pray for my granny. You see how everybody, you know, they, they carry all kinds of things put on their head. You know, it's Friday. When the prophet comes, he say, give me, give me that, you know, cup there, cup there. They just put it on the head. I'm like, what's this? I was watching all of this, but, you know, my spirit... And I'm saying to myself, is this God? I didn't know what God was doing with my life. I didn't know where God was taking me to. In fact, I had given up on life. You, <laughs> Oh God, help me. I think I need to write a book on this. 
Because many of us, what we're doing, our spirituality is just to cover up. It's a veneer. Oh, Jesus, help me, Lord. Help me here. Your, your spirituality is a veneer. You're just trying to cover up the wound. You're not ready to expose the wound for God to heal. In fact, you don't want him to heal that wound because healing that wound is like you don't have any other thing, amen, to, you know, to romance. We romance our pain. We, we, we rejoice over, you know. <laughs> Thank you, Father. I ask you this morning to put your word on my lips and that's what you're doing and I appreciate it, Lord. Thank you. I'm, I'm grateful. Because these are not things that, you know, I, I actually thought of. I still have my, you know, my, my notes queued up. But you see, I'm just flowing. I'm just flowing because this, these are the authentic truth. You know, Benson with the house. Have you heard of Benson with the house? Archbishop Benson with the house. I went to his Bible school. He said, he said a crocodile, he said, he said a lizard in Nigeria cannot become a crocodile. Amen. In America, <laughs> you know, he makes that, you know, you know, statements like that. Everybody will crack themselves. It took a while for me to begin to realize what he's talking about. Environment does not change us if we don't change on the inside. A lizard may look like a crocodile, but a lizard is not crocodile. If you if you are not a lizard, if you are not a crocodile here, you cannot be a crocodile somewhere else. You can only fake it to certain level. You'll be exposed. There are things that they will bring your way that you will not be able to handle because you have not imbibed the quality, the discipline. Amen. Yes, to face life. A lot of people in this last day, the Bible says, Amen, their, their, their heart will fail them. They will have heart attack. Certain things they will just hear and they will collapse dead. You know what? They were never trained. They were never prepared. When heaven began to engage them and said, the reason why you went through this. No, they refused. They chose to live in pain. They chose to live in regret. They chose to live in bitterness. Already you live in a fallen world. You see, when God began to help me to understand the world that I live is a fallen world. And the people around me are fallen humans. You yourself, you're a fallen person. Even when you give your life to Jesus, you still have a leaking soul. Your soul is still leaking. Every now and then, you desire the cucumber of Egypt. You desire the lettuce of Egypt. You want to go back to that place. It's a painful place, but you want to go back there because that pain gives you identity. Eish. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the kind of a message you should be preaching Sunday morning, Isaiah. <laughs> you want to drive the people away? The pain gives you identity. The need in your life gives you identity. Poverty today has become commercialized. Poverty today has become a weapon. Poverty. Some people like it, particularly in South Africa, I can say that. They, they enjoy it, it. Oh my watch. Let me not even go into all of this. God help me. How would you have a mother pushing, amen, the 12 year old, 13 year old girl to go have a boyfriend so she, so the girl can have a baby in order to be able to have a grant, a 300 grant. That is how, amen, 
poverty as 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 wired as rewired the thought pattern of people in this part of the world and it's not just limited to here because i mean different countries and nations have their own dealings i'm just telling you about what i have come to understand and discover here poverty and poverty is not the lack of money i hope you understand it's a state of mind it's a state of thinking there are a lot of people that have gone starting a church amen because of poverty not because they are ready willing to help people out of poverty no they want to capitalize on poverty i see a lot of people let me tell you one one person that today has made it big time but he built his ministry amen on the poverty on the on the poverty of the people and the poverty amen of the identity of the people his name is td jakes if you listen to T.D. Jakes' ministry, you will never become spiritual. If you listen to T.D. Jakes' teaching, you will never become spiritual. You will become more soulish. Oh, I know some people may not like me again for saying this. But you say, I don't really bother. You know why? Because I, I'm coming from somewhere. By the way, while I was growing up, amen, as a young believer, I used to buy a lot of T.D. Jakes' amen, uh, uh, VHF. Back in the days, it's VHF, they call it those big cassettes. I had it all. The power of praise. All of them. Woman thou art loose. Thou art still. A, but but the, the, the message he preached. In this early. I had it all. Stacked like this. So I'm not telling you something out of. I'm, I can begin to tell you many like that. But because a lot of people know T.D. Jakes. If you're a woman. You go to T.D. Jakes church. You'll be very, it will be very difficult for you really. Hallelujah. To be free. To the degree that you will find, amen, you know, your life partner. Because that message just, it, it, it's something that empowers your soul. It makes you more soulish while you think you are being spiritual. It never sets you free. Except it changes tomorrow. We use God and use the values of God. Excuse me, use the word of God to build empires for ourselves. As it is from that dimension, so it is from a very low, you know, point of life. My point of life. Where all my prayer is just God, I want to make it. I want to break through. I want to succeed. You see, the truth will set you free. But excuse me, you need to know that truth before it sets you free. There are a lot of people. Let me tell you another one so you can get more angry with me. Many of the church of redeemed Christian church of God, many of the winners church, many of, you know, the fire on the mountain church, all these churches, amen. Yes, they were all built on the same value of using poverty, amen, to build something huge and massive for themselves. If you want to build church the way Jesus built it, not too many people will come except people who have come to the end of themselves. Because the church is not about how you can get out of a problem. The church is about how you can connect with God who reveals his intentions and his purpose and plan for your life. 
So if you have to go through, hallelujah, if you have to go through fire, you they prepare you to go through fire, not to tell you not to go through the fire. If I'm the only prophet left on earth to preach the truth, so be it. I will preach it. I will tell it. Because I know the truth sets me free. But the truth did not set me free in one day. I had to prove to the truth that I want the truth. I had to prove to truth that there is nothing else that I desire in life. That I'm not looking for just the manifestation of truth. I want the truth. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Are you hearing? Discipline that produces the harvest of righteousness. How much of yourself do you know? Let's start from there. Not the self, you know, your family told you. Not the self, amen. The environment and the educational system told you you are. How much of your real, authentic self do you know? <laughs> the Pharisees, they thought they knew themselves until Jesus gave them a bombshell. I am the bread, hallelujah, that Moses was feeding you you and your fathers in the wilderness. <laughs> they took stone. They took they literally they, they took stone. They wanted to stone Jesus Christ. When they confront you with truth, you have two options. You either fly, you run away, or you embrace it. Listen, don't begin to steer the heart of truth if you're not ready. Like they say, <laughs> I'm sure you've read that in Ecclesiastes. Don't steer love when you're not ready <laughs> for responsibility. Don't steer love when you're not ready for what comes after love. It's the same thing. Don't steer the truth if you're not ready for the truth. Many of us are not ready for the truth. We like, we like hearing about the truth. We admire how the truth sounds. That's what I call you know, idealistic lifestyle. Some will even write about it. They will preach on it. They will teach on it. But they cannot live by it. They can't practice it. Because to practice the truth means that the old man, the outer man must die. It must die. I discovered that, friends. Certain things must die in my life if I want certain realities of God. That's why I laugh at people when they, when they talk kingdom, kingdom. I say, hey, keep quiet, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. You're just making noise. The kingdom of God, if you ever smell, not even cease, just smell what the kingdom of God is all about. You will run. You will literally run. Because the standard of the kingdom is high. You see, you see how I started? I used myself as an example. 
So don't think this guy is very good in pointing fingers. No, no. I start with myself. It took me years to begin to understand what God was doing in my life. It took me, to, it took me years to understand what pain, the power of pain. Ha. I wrote some material some time ago. The standardized principle of the kingdom. If you live in America, you live in Australia, you live in Canada, you live in Nigeria, you live in South Africa, you live in um, Australia, you live in uh, what, you know Ireland, you live in uh, what they call it now, some some place in the Arab world. You li listen, when it comes to the kingdom of God, there's a standardized value, there's a standardized nature, character that you have. That's why if you meet a kingdom person, not I didn't say Christian. You know what I mean by religious Christian? That's not what I'm talking about. If you meet a real Christ follower, because that's the true meaning of a Christian, a Christ follower. If you meet a Christ, because a Christ follower, all right, is a kingdom person. Simple, all right? It's that simple. Let's not complicate things. So if you meet a Christ follower or, you know, a, 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 a kingdom person, a kingdom oriented person, you know, uh, from China, all right, and you are living in Kuwait, there will be a connection immediately. Your language will be the same. You know why? Because what allows people to understand and to live within the order of the kingdom, amen, yes, is a standardized, you know, teaching. Uh, yeah, you, you can be born in royalty. You were born, amen, sitting, your, your, the chair you sit on is gold and you can be born, amen, in a heart somewhere. You see, you understand? <laughs> when they bring both of you to the school of Christ, to the school that teaches you, amen, the, the values and the natures of the kingdom, they'll be teaching you the same thing. Even though your life's experience are two different dimensions. <laughs> That's why a kingdom rich person, this guy is a, is a billionaire, he's rich, he's, but he's kingdom. When that person meets somebody, amen, coming from, you know, the gutter, and that person is kingdom. You say, is that possible? Of course it's possible. <laughs> because it's not your status in the natural realm that defines your state in the spirit. When they bring both of you together, hallelujah, that guy, amen, from, from the palace, when he sees the other one, he will be bowing down. He will say, salute, salute. <laughs> Good to meet you. Ah, because something about his spirit, hallelujah, will be telling him, that's, that's your senior. So why you pack your, God knows whatever you pack. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong in you packing anything. There's nothing wrong in you coming with your Rolex. As long as the Rolex is not determining how you value people. So why you pack that? You are paying homage because when the child, when the child in the womb, amen, of, of Elizabeth, amen, you know, came in contact to the presence of the master, the Bible says, and the, and the baby lived for joy. The baby had to recognize the presence. It is not what you see. It's not, it's what you don't see. You don't understand these principles. There are people I know by the Spirit. Just by looking at their picture on their face, their Facebook, just 
I just know this is a kindred sister. This is a kindred brother. And those who are just carnal and fleshy, I know them. I just bypass them. I don't need an introduction. The Spirit will introduce. But that doesn't happen by chance. It's an art that you have to learn in the school of the Spirit. You see, all that I'm talking about, amen, deals with almost like, you know, the result of discipline. But I've not even dealt with the issues of discipline because I really want you to understand what brings you to this order of life. Because if you don't understand, then my message is just idealistic. Oh, wow, nice. Woo, I, I want to get there, okay. But if you want to get there, can we enroll you? And you go through that same you know, pathway so that when you come out on the other end, you also can be able to say, I see all things well now. You can say, once I was blind, now I see. When they plunge, amen, Saul of Tarsus into this school, and they began to work on him to help him to amen, recalibrate his life so that amen, he can begin to see things the way things are ordained. In the house of Aeneas, it was just in the environment, in the house of one called Aeneas. That's what the Bible called him. The Bible never told us that Aeneas was a prophet. The Bible never said he was an apostle. The Bible never said he was an evangelist or an elder. The Bible said in the house of one called Aeneas. Paul was already blind. But in that house, just in that environment, poop, his spiritual eyes was open. And he began to hear the voice of God. There's an environment you come into. That environment is a school. Like this environment. It's a school. We teach you about the issues of life. This is not social science. This is spiritual science. Hmm. Are you with me? I was trying to tell you, my, my, my growing up, all that has happened to me, locked within my mind, began to interfere with my sense of spirituality. Because my soul was more strong, you know, the, the, the impulse, the sound, you know, the, the, the longings, the voice of my soul was louder than my spirit, even though I was born again. You see? I was born again so I didn't know what to do all my prayer is all about escaping the only the only place I didn't want to escape to was you know travel abroad because all my friends everybody was traveling abroad they could go to London go to America and all of that and Canada and all of that but my heart just wanted to serve God But I had a lot of bitterness. Had a lot of disappointment. 
had a lot of regrets. I didn't know how to get rid of them, but I was going to church. And I was getting excited because it was a charismatic church. There was a lot of hype, a lot of music, a lot of... <laughs> you had somebody said that uh, worship is not the temple of the song. Worship, amen, is defined and qualified by our obedience. So there was a lot of hype, a lot of where you finish, everybody's sweating. I will run around the church. <laughs> it was good. I mean, it was a good time. But that thing kept God away from me. I didn't know. Until, like I said, I met a woman of God, Georgia Pennington, came from America with some few other team. And that woman lay hands on me in prayer. And suddenly my world, my world turned upside down. <laughs> and that was the point I began to search for God. I'd found religion, but I was now searching for God. And then they, I went to, I, I went to Ibadan, to one of my cousins. And uh, in the morning, it was breakfast. And I saw this massive book. This book. The, the title is The Spiritual Man. I looked at the man's name. Watch my knee. I said, what kind of a book is this? <laughs> what? Is this a Christian boy? He said, yes, of course. I've never heard of the man's name before. I've never. He said, I said, so, can I have a look? He said, yes. He said, but you can't have it. I said, why? He said, because this book is very important. You, I said, okay. But can I read it? Can I take it? And I send it by saying, no, you can't take it. You can't take it to Lagos because I was living in Lagos. You can't take it to Lagos. I said, you mean this book is, he said, yes. So when I got to Lagos, I was determined to look for that book. You can imagine. I was determined to look for the spiritual man by Watchmeni. Oh, when I began to discover, I said, yeah. Oh my God. This is the answer I've been looking for. But why is this material, things like this not being taught? Amen. For a church that was sitting about 2,000 plus. And people were coming from different parts of the world. And all kinds of things were happening. And everybody. This is a this is a church that has a bookstore. Why? I've never seen anything called Watch Many. What's going on? I realized that people like to talk about the peripheries. <laughs> of spiritual reality. But let's not, let's not go deep. Didn't the Bible say the deep calls to the deep? Ah, okay. I realize this one is deep. But you have to be longing for the deep. Amen. To want to read such a material. The material began to open my eyes. Then I came across uh, other people. Mind you, before this time, I've read a lot of books. People in the charismatic. Uh, you know, the faith move. You know, uh, uh, uh. Uh, the word of faith, you know, all those guys in Tulsa have read books from Copeland, Jerry Savelle, you know, Kenny Age, all of them, because those were the books that were being stuck. Be careful of who is feeding you. Those were the books that were being stuck, you know, in the library. And, you know, when my pastor travels, those are the material, you know, how to prosper, you know, seven keys, to, you know, the five star church. I read all of them. And I realized I was more like steering my soul. The more I read those books, the more I want to make it. 
But I know that there were things in my life that if I if I dare make it, I'm going to fall. I still had lust. I still had pride. I still have anger. I still have bitterness. I still have all of those things that we are all, people are struggling with. Oh, they were all well seated in me. But I was going to church. I knew if God blesses me, that would be the end of my life. And God did it. <laughs> they, they kept me away. God just did it. God just kind of blocked so many things and people out of my life. And all I, all I was left with is this new environment where my heart was longing and seeking for materials like watchmeny. And I began to understand what spirituality, you know, really mean. Things that I've been reading in the Bible that had no sense. I had no understanding. I didn't know that I've been enrolled in the school of spiritual discipline. <laughs> and they began to work on me. And they began to amen, expose those things that I have kept locked on the inside of me. You see. When people come into my space, ah, they like my spirituality. Every, oh, wow. But there were things that I have locked. It's like, you know, those dark sacred rooms that nobody touches. You know, you, that's where you keep your anger. You keep your, you know, your pride. You keep your lust. You keep your, you know, all those needy things in your life. You keep them there. You keep the key. You keep it somewhere. Nobody knows. <laughs> and your brother nice. You understand? Brother nice. But when those people go, I'm back to my sorrow. I'm back to pain. You see, because when I was an unbeliever, I was not a drinker. I was not a smoker. So it's, it's just not natural for me to go back to those things. But the things that I used to do or when I was an unbeliever... The moment I begin to have that feeling of loneliness and, and, you know, disconnection, of course you want to go back to those things. Because as I this, whenever the enemy comes and trigger anything in your life, you want to go back to what used to give you, you know, pacification. Maybe 10, 20, maybe one hour pacification. They pacify you. It could be friends that you go to, you call them. It could, I don't know what, but this is human. You've got to, I told you earlier, you've got to understand humanity to understand spirituality. If you don't understand how human function, you will not appreciate the value of biblical spirituality. Because you'll just be reading the Bible. You'll be reading the Bible. And the more Bible you read, amen, the more you seem to be disconnected because you are not open, you're not ready, amen, to engage the truth behind what you're reading. They say, do you understand what you are reading? He said, how can I understand if nobody opened this thing to me? He was reading, but he had no understanding. He had no clarity in terms of biblical sound interpretation. That's the Ethiopian Enoch. He was reading. He was educated. But he was amen, spiritually blind. You can be spiritually blind and still be highly educated. So you see people who have built church today. Many of the redeemed pastor churches, they what they call the, the, the modern parish. You see a lot of pastors, you know, educated, but they are as blind as a bat. 
can tell you that some of them are my friends. Uh, you know, they, they follow me. I, I preach there. So they know and they know I say this thing. I tell them. They build things. And we use those things that men have built, amen, to measure our position, our value, our importance, our influence in society. Oh, you're a Laodicean church. Let nobody kid you. You want to find God? They will strip you of all of those things. This is not church PLC. This is not, you know, building some, some company in the name of God. No, God is pulling down things and they're erecting, hallelujah, the tabernacle of David. Hallelujah. What a word. You want to find the truth. You have to come to the end of yourself. Then the discipline of the Lord begins. Listen. This morning while I was getting ready, the Holy Spirit said to me, The fruit of the Spirit is as a manifestation of the discipline of the Lord that we have imbibed into our life. Nobody stumbles on the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is not the gift. You can have giftings without being disciplined. Because the gift of the Spirit, amen, the Bible says, amen, the, you know, uh, uh, God gives this gift without... You know, looking back, he just gives you a gift. The fact that God gives you a gift, there's nothing you should run with the gift if you have not built the fruits. Because the fruit must complement the gift. But when you run earlier with giftings and you have not built the fruit, I'm telling you, it is that same gift that will bring you down. That's why you find today they will catch men of God sleeping with their secretary, sleeping with, you know, you know, you find men of God that are homosexual. You find all kinds, you ask, you find men of God, you know, women of God that are into all kinds of things. You find the pastor's wife, you know, sleeping with another brother in the church and all these crazy things that we hear about you like, whoo, what's going on? You see, we, they never allow certain things to be instilled in them. You hear board members fighting, fighting, no, <laughs> breaking chair on themselves. You ask yourself, what's going on? Yes, because they just want to survive. And when issues happen, they look for other things. They are all called fig leaves. They look for things to cover up. They're not ready to open themselves and say, God, this is me. I'm naked. I need you to clothe me. They clothe you with humility. They say, put on the Lord Jesus. Can you wear Jesus Christ? Gift is powerful, but it can be very dangerous. And you don't want to build your life just on gift. It's like in the world system. You don't want to build your life because you're very good in something if you don't have character. Even your boss in the office, amen, they, they score you on your character. How you respond to things. How you respond to people. How you interact. Is that not what they call marketing? If somebody comes and says, but uh, this product, I bought it here, but I just don't understand. It's not working. And you start raking. I say, well, if it's not working, well, it's not our fault. Maybe it's the fault of the manufacturer. There's nothing we can. Ha, you're in trouble. You're going to bring the business down. You will be fired. You don't know how to talk to people. You don't know how to relate. You see, that doesn't just happen because they are, you are taught how to talk. No, it has to come from a place where you understand certain values. Discipline. Ooh. Is somebody with me? Okay. 
I think I've, <laughs> I've done enough. <laughs> Let's look at some, you know, you know, some notes here. Are you still there or you're gone? <laughs> Jesus. You see, what I'm sharing with you is not what you find in a book. But you can find it in God's book. But it's also things that I have been through. See, that's why my message, amen, touches people's life. Because it is from a place of a brokenness. When a message comes from a place of a brokenness, it heals people. It transforms. Let's read this quickly. Reason for discipline. Because like I said earlier on, if you don't know why you need discipline, you will not subscribe to discipline. You will not give yourself to discipline. Alright? If you don't know why, you will not. Why would you do that? Maybe before I do that, let me quickly read the scripture first. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 12. And I'm just going to jump to verse, you know, verse 7. <clears throat> let me jump to verse 7 because of time. Okay? Let me jump to verse 7. Quickly, Hebrews 12, verse 7. Endure hardship as discipline. Endure hardship as discipline. Why would you want to endure hardship as discipline? In other words, amen, when you are going through hard time, difficult time, they say in your mind, amen, in your mind, because it works in your mind, okay? You've got to see that hardship, amen, as a discipline. If you don't see it as a discipline, you will repeat and will continue to repeat that hardship. Until you see hardship, amen, as a process that you need to discipline you. Now, why would they say endure hardship as discipline? It, it suggests that, amen, that naturally, amen, we are in discipline. It suggests that we need discipline. So for, for them to discipline us, what does discipline mean? Discipline basically means, amen, the ability, amen, to understand certain things, to acquire knowledge, amen, to acquire experience that allow you to make, amen, certain precise amen accurate decision amen uh, there are there are disciplines you will need all right that will allow you to express restraint constraint all right you somebody said you are you are you are foolish you are you are stupid look at you and you you want to release you know the missile and they say shh That doesn't happen naturally. They say, say nothing. And you walk away. Think of how many marriages would have been saved. <laughs> Think of how many ministries would have been saved. That when we are able to translate hardship to discipline. The reason why they discipline you is because there are things in my life, in your life, that is not amen, aligned, that is not amen, yes, in their right concept, in their right position. Alright, there's a loose screw. They need to tighten that thing. They need to tighten the fitting so that amen, you are able to carry certain things, certain weight. Amen? Yes. Discipline. They say endure hardship. As discipline. Let's go back. I'm reading uh, Hebrews 11, uh, 12, 7. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. So discipline, amen, is required. Hallelujah. Yes. 
to build children. God is treating you as children. How is it? How is it that we've come to a point today that uh, when we discipline our children, they say it's an abuse? I mean, I know abuse. I, I've told you that. I know what abuse is. I've been through an abuse. And I vowed in my life that I will never treat anybody, not even my children or any other person, from the way I was treated. Because I understood, amen, that that was not discipline, that was an abuse. But I also understand, amen, in my life that I've been to a place where, because of what I've been through, I've overreacted. And that's, that's, just, that's just who we are as human beings. It's actions and reactions. You understand? Sometimes the discipline that they want to instill in you is to walk into a place and just smile. And just express courtesy. Hello. How are you? I'm fine. How are you doing? Excuse me, ma'am. Excuse me, sir. Can I, can I have a, a word with you? You know? Not walking and bumping to a place as if you're the boss. As if you control everybody. You see, because the atmosphere you 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 bring into, hallelujah, a space matters. I was listening to somebody talking. He says, what you say, amen, is not as important as how you say it, amen, and, and the courage to which you say it. You can talk to people and make them feel very important. And you can talk to people and make them feel they're nothing. How do you think that person is going to respond back to you? Discipline. And your hardship as discipline, God is treating you. God is treating you. In other words, they say, hey, that church that is telling you, no, they're, they're trying to stop you from prospering. No, it is that demon in your mother's house, in your father's house that is trying to hinder you. They say that is a way of God calling your attention. You are being disciplined. Can you identify God's discipline, amen, from the discipline that comes from your own mistake? Because there are two things you've got to understand, amen, that there are consequences of our actions. There are things that we do, amen, yes, that causes us, amen, to go through some hardship. But there are disciplines, amen, that God brings into our life through hardship because he needed to bring certain value, certain understanding. He needed to manifest certain fruits. And the way the fruit, hallelujah, will come out, amen, is through pain, is through hardship, is through the pressing, yes. When you, they say when you press the orange, what you get is juice. Nobody wants to be pressed. But everybody loves juice. I think about the process of making things generally. It's difficult. But we all like the end product. If the gold will have to tell you. Amen. What they had to go through. Amen. In the fire. To come forth. Come on. Or the diamond. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? Hey, we have them today. We have children that are not disciplined by their father. <laughs> In fact, when the father start disciplining them, they say to their father, ah, 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 please. You've said enough. In the world we live in today, that they tell you, if, if your father makes too much noise, just call 911. <laughs> 
<laughs> call the social service department to come and fetch your parents. Hello? You see why the world is collapsing? You said why the world is imploding? If you and I are going to become men and women who are going to raise the next generation of leaders, you have to instill discipline into your children. Discipline is not abusing them. No, you've got to know that. But sometimes discipline will cause pain. And they must understand. I tell my children, when I discipline them, when I tell them, this is the reason why amen, you sh you are, I'm not allowing this thing or you are not allowed to have this thing. I tell them. Preparing you for the... You've got to let your children know. And you've got to also let them know the environment they live in because they don't know. They're just growing. But you've got to let them know. And that's something, you know, we need to do. Even in the church, we need to tell, teach people, don't just come and start behaving, you know, that you're the boss. You know, you start acting. No, you've got to let people understand that we all, amen, have responsibility. I tell my children, I'm representing God in this house. So certain things are just not allowed. Of course, some things are allowed. If, if, if I know this thing is going to enhance you, I'll, I'll be the first to give it. But if I know it's going to impend, it's going to hinder you, it's going to make you lazy. Like the game, I tell, I tell myself, uh-uh, uh-uh, game time is over. Leave the console. <laughs> I'm not going to prevent you from playing game, but you've got to develop discipline. There's a time for everything. You see, if you don't be, build such culture, my children don't have, you know, phones. They have devices, but they don't have phone. Because who are, who are you going to be calling? And what would you be saying on the phone? But when they get to a certain age, well, they can have it because by then they would have understood, amen, yes, that there's a responsibility that comes with certain things. You're not trying to prove that, well, you can provide a phone for your children. And you even buy a phone that, you know, the boss will use in the office. Just to prove that your children, all right, uh, have arrived. No, you're, you're destroying them. Because first of all, they will know, amen, yes, the value of money. They won't understand, amen, what you do with money. The kids of nowadays, they don't know. They think money is just to be spent. How do you make money? How do you get money? Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by? It's a question they're asking. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you are not disciplined, listen to this. If you are not disciplined and everyone, listen to this, says, if you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, everyone undergoes discipline, everyone. Discipline may differ from position to position, amen, from assignment to assignment, from mission to mission, but discipline, everyone goes through it. <laughs> if you don't have somebody in your life that are disciplining you, then I can tell you, you might make you may make silly mistake, you may make mistake that it may be difficult for you, amen. Yes, to overcome. You will overcome them, you know, eventually, but it may take time. You know, there are people in my life that are mentoring. <laughs> Some of them say, Oh, you're my you're my spiritual father. I say, Well, I I, I hate to use that term. 
God is our father. He's our father. But let's just say, or I, I've been placed to watch over you. You know, right? I'm, I'm just there. And it's the truth. And they keep insisting, no, you are my father. You Okay, okay, I'm your father. That's fine. But I don't treat them as, you know, <laughs> as we see the idea of the people they call fathers today in the church. No, 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 no. No. Because if you have that idea of, well, that's, a, that's my father and the Lord. In fact, there are certain things they will not tell you. There are certain issues in their life because they know that if they tell you, they're in, they're in trouble. There's all kinds of things that is messed up in the church. There's a point Jesus said, henceforth I call you no more, you know, servants, but friends. His own, his own disciples. They were upgraded to the level of friendship. You know, because there are things he wants to tell them, but he can't tell them if they are still a servant-master relationship. There are things you will never know about the things of God, about the kingdom of God, if you are still servant. Amen. Of course, you've got to know that when you become a friend, he's still Lord, he's still the king. You don't take that for granted. Everyone undergoes discipline. If you don't undergo discipline, they say you are, you are dead, you are what? You are, you are not legitimate. You are illegitimate. You know, it's illegitimate children that hate the discipline of their stepfather or somebody else. No, but you're not my father. You can't talk to me like that. Don't You can't, no, 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 don't talk to me like that. You're not my father. You're not my mother. Don't talk to me like that. That's the world we live in today. You cannot talk, you cannot talk to me like that because I'm, I'm not, you know, subject to you. No. It's not, it's not about he or she being your father. No, no, no. It's about somebody having experience, having seen where amen, you should be, you, you, you should be aiming at and trying to help you to get to that point. We live in a fallen world. In a fallen world, you need people to help you. You need principles and values to help you navigate life. Hallelujah. Everyone undergoes discipline. Then you are not legitimate if you don't. Alright? If you're a true son or a true daughter, hallelujah, you, you must accept discipline. Let's quickly go into this point that I quickly want to show you. Then I'm going to be rounding up. Alright? Uh, I actually thought... We'll pass this stage today, but I just love the way God has spoken to us. Now let's let's look at this. People who who understand what it means to live a divine to live for a divine cause, hmm? develop the courage and the attitude, uh, the attitude characteristics, amen, to fight and maintain and advance such a cause. People who who understand what it means to live for a divine cause. I like to use that. I like to add that word divine or for any cause. But if you understand that, amen, you've been designed or for a divine cause, then you've got to, amen, develop the courage and the attitude characteristics to fight to maintain and to advance such a cause. Even in the face of adversity, for example, those in the military are enlisted to maintain and advance the security and sovereignty of their nation. 
of course, through the various roles and responsibility that they imbibe or they, they, they've been trained. The whole setup of the values, beliefs, and even identity of this, you know, military guys reflect, hallelujah, the cost of their mission, which is to secure, to protect, yes, the, the interests and the leadership of the nation. Are you getting my point? There are there are there are dress code you subscribe to as a, as a military uh, 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 you know personnel. You can't leave your hair, you know, you know, like uh, like Bob Marley, you know, or you know, you just everything is just dangling, or you, you you know your earring is you know all the way down. Have you noticed that? The way military people look, dress, is totally different from the way civilians <laughs> dress and look. That, you know, you are not, they live in a world where everything goes. Come on. They live in a world where everything, amen, you can, everybody can do whatever they want to do. But when it comes to their mission, when it comes to that environment, all right, that they leave that camp, they can't leave anyhow, and all of that, amen. Yes, is speaks to their mission, speak to their mandate, speak to their you know, to, you know, to, to, to who they are and to what they've been called to do. That is why not everybody who wants to become you know a military personnel, amen, gets to be qualified. You can't wake up tomorrow and say, Well, I want to go and join, you know, uh, 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 the military units of you know a nation. I want to join the, the Marine Corps, I want to join you know the Navy, I want to join the Air Force, you know. No, sorry, there is a training, a rigorous training, a discipline that you must go through. That's natural. You, 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 no matter how passionate you you, you 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 know you are about it, if you don't meet the requirement, sorry, you are not accepted. Sorry. And there are people, all right, who get to be accepted, and during the course of the training, they goofed. The challenge. They, be, they, you know, they challenge leadership. They did things they're not supposed to do. Maybe they broke the curfew. <laughs> You're supposed to be in bed, you know, nine o'clock, or it's supposed to be, you know, light out for ten o'clock, and you decide to go have a party with your friends, <laughs> and you were caught sneaking in, <laughs> and you are caught mashal, and at the end of the day, you are sent out. Because of indiscipline, that's what they call it. Amen. Don't you understand? The security of the nation, the integrity of a nation, the integrity, amen, of presidency, of, of, of leadership of a nation, the economy of a nation hangs on the on the on the power, amen, on the on the on the military might, amen, on the naval power of that nation. Your water, your air, amen, and land are secure because of certain people who understand. I hope you can't just wake up one morning and decide, well, 
I think I'm going to know. There has to be something motivating you to want to do that. Because of that understanding, you submit yourself, you give yourself, amen? you yield yourself to whatever discipline. I hope you understand. Keep saying the term discipline means so many things. But one of the most important things that discipline is, amen, is the training, the building, the alignment, amen, of your life to fulfill certain purpose. That's why they say, amen, every father, who is that father that does not discipline his children? If you're a father that cannot discipline or you're not disciplining your children, that you are setting your children up for what? For failure in the future. The reason for discipline is to be able to mitigate what is coming in the future. Most discipline is not for immediate, you know, uh, 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 you know, issue. Discipline is because of what is coming. If you want to be somebody in the future, yeah, then you have to go through certain things. You have to go through certain discipline. You have to go through certain, you know, values. You have to understand certain things. It's not like I feel like I want it. No, if you want to, amen, you know, be a watch, a watchman. If you want to be, amen, yes, a, 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 a warrior, a warrior of righteousness. If you want to succeed as a lawyer, there are disciplines that you've got to go through. There are, there are books you must read. You understand? There are trainings you must go through hallelujah yes there are there are there are there are systems you've got to submit to amen there are hierarchies of authority and leader you've got to know how to respect people you know those are things i teach my children because they don't teach that in school today they don't teach that in the environment you see this, the home should be the first point, amen, of schooling, of discipline, of building. Remember, discipline touches every area of life so that you can come forth, you can come out, amen, prepare, ready. And this is why, amen, this teaching is based on two scriptures. The first scripture you will see there, First Samuel, amen, 7. If you go read 1 Samuel 7, you will understand what I'm talking about. I'm not sure if I open it out. Yes, 1 Samuel First Samuel 17, excuse me, First Samuel 17. Look at what the scripture said here. Now David was the son of an Ephraimite of Bethlehem in Judah, named Jesse, who had eight sons. <laughs> Very prophetic. Who had eight sons. In the days of Saul, the man, in the days of Saul, the man, amen, was already old and advanced in years. Verse 13. The three elder sons of Jesse had followed Saul to battle. The name of his sons, the name of the, the three sons who went to battle were Eliab, the, the firstborn, the next, amen, Ahinadad, and of course the third, you know, Shama. Then, of course, verse 14 says, David was the youngest of the eight. David was the what? Was the youngest. I want to quickly bring out a principle here, all right? That discipline will fast track your position, amen, and your assignment in life. When you surrender to discipline, another term for that, amen, when you surrender to the principle of obedience, 
Because they say, amen, when your obedience is complete, you are given what? Authority to do or to bind and to lose. Uh, a lot of people want to bind and lose, but they have not yielded. They've not submitted, amen, to the discipline of the kingdom, to the discipline of God that will allow them, amen, to be, to be, you know, to be infested, to be given the right authority and power. Oh, you read it in the Bible. Hey, God has given us authority and power. Yes, you cannot run and just say, well, I've got authority and power. Sorry, you have to first, amen, surrender and submit, amen, yes, to the principles, amen, of the kingdom that allow you to be able to, amen, use that authority and power. Because the devil himself will tell you, Jesus, we know, Paul, we know, who are you? <laughs> who, 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 where do you come from? <laughs> He said, "In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, that Paul is called." They say, "Sorry, we, we don't, we don't, we don't surrender to, we don't yield to such such thing." Hallelujah! They said David was the youngest of the three elders who followed Amen as Saul. Verse fifteen. But David, Amen, went back. David went back and forth from Saul to feed Amen his father's sheep. At, you know, at, at at Bethlehem. All right. I mean, that's, that's strange. I've not seen that before. But David went back and forth from Saul to feed amen, his father's sheep at Bethlehem. He went back and forth. So David basically has been going and he's been seeing, monitoring what is going on. You know, many a times we read this and we thought, no, for the first time David just appeared there. But I'm just saying, you know, but verse 15 of uh, 1 Samuel 17. But David went back and, back and forth from Saul to feed his father's sheep. I'm picking something here, but I'm not going to get myself distracted again. Let's go on. Verse 16. For 40 days, the Philistine came, came, came forward and took his stand. Amen. Morning and evening. I like that. For 40 days, the Philistine. I'm just telling you why you need discipline. Why discipline is relevant. Because if discipline is not relevant, then David, of course, will not, will not, will not, will not have been able to do what he did. And I'm also trying to make you see that discipline has nothing to do with age. It has a lot to do with how aware are you of the cause. Because David had given himself, had yielded himself to certain order. Amen. Why feeding the sheep? Or else how would they be able to fight lion and bear and deliver the sheep of your father from the mouth of the, of the lion? How? <laughs> Are you getting the point? Verse, seven, uh, verse 16 again. For 40 days, the Philistine came forth and took his stand morning and evening Verse 17. Now, now we see. This is where many of us just we pick from verse 17. Jesse said to his son David, David was already aware of what was going on. Alright, because he's been going back and forth. Alright. Bible says, uh, David said, Jesse said to his son David, take a man for your brother an ephah of this parched grain and this ten loaves and carried them quickly to the camp to your brothers. Also, Take the ten cheeses to the commander of thousands. See how your brothers fare, and bring some talking from uh, and bring uh, uh, some talking from them. Now Saul, Amen. The Bible says, verse nineteen. Now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah fighting with the Philistine. David rose early in early in the morning, left the ship with a keeper. 
took the provision and went as Jesse had commanded him. He came to the he came to the encampment as the army was going forth to the battle line, shouting, shouting the war cry. Israel, the Philistine drew, uh, verse 21, Israel and the Philistine drew up for battle. Army against army. David left the things. Listen to this, verse uh, uh, 22. David left the things in charge of the gatekeeper of the baggage. Ran to the ranks and went and greeted his brothers and talked with them. The champion of Philistine of God. Uh, Goliath by name, excuse me, let me take that verse 23 again. As he talked with them, the champion of the Philistine of Gath named Goliath came up out of the rank of the Philistine and spoke the same word as before. And David heard him and all the Israelites, amen, went and saw the man, fled <laughs> from him and were very afraid. Then the Israelites said, have you seen... Then the Israelites said, Have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. Of course, we know that. They know that the king will greatly enrich the man who kills him and will give him his daughter and take his family and, and, and will give him his daughter, amen, and make his family, excuse me, let me take that again, will give him his daughter and make his family free. In Israel, David said to, to the men who stood by him, What shall be done for the man who killed this Philistine? And take away the reproach from Israel. For who is this uncircumcised Philistine? That he should defy the army of the living God. The people, amen, answered him in the same way. So shall it be done for the man who killed him. Verse, verse 28, that's, that's where I'm going. His eldest brother Eliab heard him talking to the men, and, Eliab, and Eliab's anger was kindled against David. He said, Why have you come down? Why have you come down? With whom did you leave the few sheep in the wilderness? I knew your presumption and the evil of your heart. For you have come down just to see the battle. David, David said, What have I done now? It was only a question. He turned away from, amen, from him, his brother, to us another who spoke the same way. And the people answered him again as before. When the, wor when the words that David spoke, amen, excuse me, when the words that David spoke were heard, they repeated them to Saul. And what happened? Saul invited David. Now, what is the point? Why, am I, why, why did I take the time to read all of this? Remember, David is the youngest of them all. You will say he's the, he's, the, he's the most unskilled. He has no experience of war. But guess what? In the, in the training of the Spirit, in the school of the Spirit, David, hallelujah, had grown and he had advanced occasion called that amen he should go and, and, and present his brother cheese and bread and all of that and he heard goliath of god amen screaming and shouting and ranking and ranting amen and he said what is going to happen to the person who killed and of course they repeat what the king said but the point that i'm looking at is verse 28 
The brother Eliab got angry with him. He said, what are you doing here? Eliab does not understand. Eliab was not able to, amen, recognize. Eliab did not see, amen, what David truly represents. And this is the point that I'm making. When you are a person of discipline, when you understand and you've gone through, amen, that training, that school, you've been through the curriculums, amen, that is required of you to be qualified to represent the things of God, regardless of your age or size, whatever is standing, amen, you have the what, the power, the audacity, and the authority to charge against such a thing. But it does not happen without, amen, yes, that period, that training, most time it is painful. Remember what Hebrew calls it, hard, amen, hard time, difficult time. Most time, amen, it is the most traumatic things that you go through in life that gives you the necessary training that you need, amen, to deal with issues of life. That's why they said, The discipline, verse 11 of Hebrews, verse 11 of Hebrews 12 says, No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Who have been trained by what? By that discipline. Excuse me. Do we know what is coming ahead of us? Do we know what God is preparing us for? Your life as a spiritual being ought to be a preparatory preparatory, uh, season and also a season of manifestation. That is how life is. Our life is ordered in in two seasons. Seasons of preparation and of course seasons of manifestation when that seasons of manifestation come just like amen when is season for harvest that is not the time to try to be preparing the ground amen you know for you know for seeding no that season has passed there are seasons in our life that we have to understand there are seasons right now the present amen seasons of the spirit right now after we have left amen covid i call this post covid season in this post covid season what are we doing god is god is preparing us by training us amen as as his army as warriors of righteousness amen yes to be ready to engage to face what is coming what is coming amen we really don't have a full amen a view but we know one thing if we submit ourselves if we yield ourselves if we give ourselves to the training of the spirit now can i say one something before i I begin to uh, round up when god is training you for the next season oftentimes they strip you of so many things fame influence popularity certain identity that we like that we appreciate they strip you of all of those things you know why so you can be focused in that school of discipline there are certain disciplines that will not hit home if they don't take your 
eyes away from certain place, from certain people, from certain things. They just need to focus your mind and attention on that discipline. It could be for the next three months, could be for the next six months, it could be for the next six years. Or depending on, amen, the, 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 the weight, the magnitude of what they want you to carry out. Of course, that's another thing. Amen. Our, our discipline, amen, yes, is measured by, amen, our level of assignment. If you want your children to become leaders tomorrow, to become effective people, to become, you know, people that can shift and change things and advance the purpose of God, then you know that you must give them, amen, the required necessary discipline. Remember, the discipline must build values in them. Because that's what discipline amen, is designed for. To build values. To build restraint. To build ability. To build skill. Amen. To build understanding. To build knowledge. Yes. You, 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 you expose yourself and your, and your community, your tribe. Amen. To those discipline. So that when you are no longer there, they know what to do. You know why the disciples of Jesus were able to function and succeed in their mission to the point that, amen, what Jesus left for them is still impacting the world till today is because, amen, Jesus, amen, dealt with them from a position of discipline. The word disciple, amen, comes from the word discipline. There is no discipleship without discipline. The reason why the church today is weak and failing is because we have stripped away, we have thrown away the idea, the principles, the ideology of discipline. In fact, today, pastors are even at afraid to discipline just as fathers mothers at home are afraid to discipline to correct their children and of course we are all seeing the results we're seeing the manifestation the world is collapsing and imploding all right where people ought to have the right values of discipline amen to just show respect they show disdain they show rebellion they tell you who are you to talk to me that way you understand that's the world we live in. If we are going to fight all of this perversion and wickedness that is being promoted and being projected in the name of work values and culture into our community, then we have to begin to train and equip, amen, a new generation of men and women, amen, on, on the values of the, of the gospel of the kingdom of God. The values of the kingdom of God are built and based on solid discipleship, amen, training. Because it's in that that you develop the required value system. I told you guys when I was a pastor years ago, Sunday morning like this, 7 a.m., our training, leadership training school has already started. 7 a.m. in the morning. Because people are busy, you know, through the week. Babylon, they have to work, they have to do whatever. So, they know that Sunday is devoted. And not because it's Sunday, but because that's the only available time. So I make the best use of it. Amen. Those who want to become, who were training for leaders, 7 a.m., they know that they have to be seated in the classroom. We call it school. <laughs> school of Christ. We, we train, we equip. And then by 8 30, 9 o'clock, the main service starts. By 12, we're done. Or else, well, you're, you're not going to do anything, you know, right. You're not going to develop people. 
You know, by nature, I'm I've been designed to train people to equip people. That's why people when when they when they hear me, some some just run away because they it's like, hey, this guy, no, 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 I'm not ready for all of that. Well, I'm not inviting you. Anybody who stumble on what we're talking about, God must have mercy on you because truly there must be uh, something God wants you to do. There has to be a man. Uh, the hand of God has to be upon you. So when they when they send you across Isaiah Phillips, it's because they want you trained. That's why I don't miss my word. I tell you the way it is. But I'm very I'm a very you know loving person. Yes, in fact, it is love that drive that is driving what I'm doing. Because when you know that tomorrow somebody is coming to want to destroy your house, destroy your life, destroy everything you have built. You want to prepare. Is that not what the scripture says? If you know that amen, a thief is coming to want to amen, rob you, uh, steal from you, what do you do? You prepare amen, for the coming of that thief. Yeah, That's not the time to go to sleep. That's not the time. You know. Have you noticed that when something terrible is happening in the community, what do they do? They deploy amen, soldiers. When they deploy uh, uh, police, and police can't handle it, they deploy soldiers. They proclaim state of emergency. Or a destruction is about to take place. The, what you'll be hearing is now move. That's not the time to say, oh, please, would you like to move? Oh, please. No, 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 no. They give you command. They give you command. There is a point and a place where we need the voice of command. They said to Joshua, amen, command the people to go, amen, get themselves ready and prepare. By the third day, they've got to follow the priest, move out. We're in that season now where heaven is giving us command. We have to learn. We have to, we have to learn, amen, yes, to adjust ourselves, amen, to boot camp. Let me finish with this word. We have to learn to adjust ourselves, amen, to boot camp. I know you're a civilian, but in the kingdom, there's nothing like that. In the kingdom, amen, we, we, are, we are living under the authority of God. We are under, amen, the rulership of God, not under democracy. Democracy is what we do out there in the world. And we have to know, we have to allow the wisdom of God to help us, to guide us, so that they don't use that democracy, amen, to weaken you first as a man, weaken you as a woman, and then destroy your children, and destroy your home. Because that's what they do. They tell you, but it's, democ it's, it's democratic. But we all know, amen, that even in democracy, there is the, there is the idea, amen, where what's def what defines the security of the land is handled by the military. That if something is coming, if a war breaks out, amen, you don't give guns to, you know, bloody civilians like they will say. You want people who have been trained. You want people who have been prepared. You want people who have understanding, amen, of how to war, of how to fight, of how to engage. You want to be trained ready. Is this a good word? I think this is a point for me to stop. Two hours we've been talking. Friends, may the Lord continue to help us. I can continue, but we have to stop. There's still a lot to talk about. God is speaking to us about the discipline that produces the harvest. Everybody wants harvest. 
everybody wants you know good fruit everybody want bount you know bountiful bountiful harvest everybody wants something nice amen but we have to be ready and prepare for it we all want our family to be secure and to be protected we all want our church amen yes to fulfill God's intention amen to grow to develop we all want our life yes to yield forth fruit but we have to be amen prepare for it we have to yield ourselves we have to surrender ourselves, amen, yes, to the necessary discipline. Discipline is good. When you are disciplined, you will know the power of prayer. You will know the joy of fasting. Have you noticed that it's it is in discipline that destroys and neutralizes our spirituality? Sometimes me, I cannot fast. Hey, no, 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 no. Ah. I'm not the one that killed Jesus. <laughs> I cannot fast. Well, when you get to the day where you know that fasting is necessary, you will see it as a, as a necessity. You do it. You do it. You see. But in the month of August, next month, we're going to have another 21 days fast. By God's grace, we had one last year. The Lord has been stirring my heart again. We're going to have another time, another 21 days fasting, waiting on the Lord. Amen. Getting ourselves ready to enter into. Amen. The new year. I hope you understand that the new year, amen, the real new year is actually in September. Because that's when things shift in the spirit. That's where you know all kinds of things that needs to be done things that have been that, are, that they are, they are, they are preparing oftentimes it's september that they release it i mean we've studied this through the years we've 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 seen the pattern and like we've said if you want to neutralize amen if you want to neutralize the power and the influence if you want to neutralize the power and the influence of familiar spirit amen you must know how to how to how to counter the cycle if you don't know you study you begin to look at when september comes begin to look at you know the state of things naturally but of course whatever happens naturally has their footing in the spirit so we've seen this and for years i have been you know <laughs> you know seeking to neutralize Whatever satanic, demonic, you know, uh, 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 spirit that I release on unleash upon the earth, we fast, we fast, we engage, we advance. We're not afraid, but this is just something we know. Praise God. So uh, this is this is this is where I'm going to stop this morning, and we want to thank God for God's will, God's counsel, God's intention. Thank you, everybody, for joining this morning. It's been a beautiful, wonderful time just sharing this uh, uh, um, message with you. I hope you've been blessed. I hope you've been uh, um, imparted by the Spirit of God. Have yourself a lovely, wonderful, blessed uh, Sunday morning. If you're watching from here, and if you're watching from a different time zone, thank you so very much for joining. May the Father continue to enrich your life. May this word continue to build us and empower us. Amen. God bless you. I'll see you again, hopefully tomorrow by God's grace. Please continue to pray for me. And don't forget to go back to this word. 
Amen. Go back, replay them, replay them. If you can share them with your friend as a link, please do let people know that this word, amen, is coming to us live and God is speaking. Uh, and these words are relevant to what God is doing globally. All right? Don't be afraid. Share the word. Let God know what he's doing. Amen. Let the truth set somebody free. God bless you. We'll see you again. Bye-bye.